1: Hello and welcome back to the GirlFit Method podcast. So on today, I am so excited to announce GirlFit Method's newest coach, Julie. Welcome, Julie. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you. Big, big welcome. Uh, You've been kind of getting familiar with the way that we do things behind the scenes for a couple of weeks now. So it's been a bit of a secret that we've brought you on so I'm super excited to finally show you off to everyone and um, to get everyone to sort of get to know you a little bit better throughout this conversation. So first of all, let's get stuck into it. Tell us a little bit about you Where do you live? What do you do? how old you are all of that.
0: Okay so my name's Julie. I'm 25 years old. I turned 26 in August. I currently am in Gainesville, Florida. I'm sure a lot of you have never heard of this place, (laughs) but if you're familiar with Florida, it's about two hours north of Tampa. So I'm here mainly for school, but I don't plan on staying here very long. Um, I'm currently about to get my master's in nutrition and then do my dietetic internship so I can become an RD.
1: So good. So, so good. And I want to touch on why you've decided to take that career path a little bit later on. But like, let's go back a little bit, find out a little bit about you. What was your upbringing like? Essentially, I want to find out really what has brought you to the position that you're in right now. So I was
0: raised um, by like very loving parents. I'm actually adopted from China. So my parents adopted me when I was about a year old. I have two sisters who are also adopted from China as well, and they've just, like, really ingrained the concept of, like, family into us, just, like, being proud of, like, all of our accomplishments, and they've always been super supportive, and I just really wish everyone else had a very, like, supportive family and, like, just friendships as well, because I think it really does help a lot. Um, And then I went to school, and I thought I was going to become a doctor, so I actually went and... Got a degree in biomedical science, um, did that for four years, graduated. Um, I had to take the MCAT, so I took a year to study for that. And I took it, realized I didn't want to become a doctor anymore. And it was more so, I think I was chasing my parents' dream and not mine. And I kind of pivoted and was like, you know, nutrition seems very interesting. And it was also the start of my own fitness journey. So I was already very, like, kind of passionate about it already. And I started, like, Googling, like, are there jobs in nutrition? And turns out there's, like, registered dietitians. And then the more I kind of, like, got on Instagram and was in that space, online coaching kind of just came out of nowhere. And I was like, wow, this is a great way to make a bigger impact than, like, just one person on their own, you know, being a dietitian.
1: So wow. That's where I'm at. (laughs) you did a four-year degree. Please tell me that some of that carried over into your dietetics degree. You didn't have to start from scratch? It did a little bit. Yeah. So
0: I had to go for another two years to school because there were still some courses I was missing, but some did get to carry over.
1: (laughs) Okay. So what for you what was that change in when you kind of sat back and realized actually I don't want to be a doctor like what was that was there a catalyst moment for you or was it kind of just something that you eventually kind of realized it's not what you wanted to pursue so I was going through
0: a lot at the time when I graduated because you kind of like get to that point where like you graduate and you're like oh, okay so like now what um so I was in a five-year relationship at the time, and that was, like, kind of going downhill and going nowhere, and I realized I wasn't happy with, like, a lot of aspects in my life, and I was also kind of in, like, this huge, like, disordered eating, so, like, I wasn't really eating a ton and exercising, and I just realized I was so unhappy with how things were that I needed to, like, make a change. And then I started like, kind of like looking into nutrition and like, that was when I started, you know, reverse dieting and restoring like my hormones and my metabolism. And I was like, wow, like, this has been such a big change for me that I want to help other people go through this too and see that that there's like a better side and like, you can come out of this.
1: So that was kind of like the catalyst. (laughs) Wow. So it's like a personal journey really for you. So can we just touch on that? You talked about being in a bad relationship and this is something we see a lot with the girls that we do work with is that the people around us and the relationships that we are in can sometimes cause us to turn to certain coping mechanisms that aren't necessarily healthy for us and one of those being food. So whether that's eating for comfort, restricting um, as a sense of control, Do you feel like at that point in your life, it really came down to you being in this unhealthy relationship or did you have um, a not so great relationship with food prior to that?
0: No, completely. I think it was that Um, before that I just, you know, ate what I wanted. I was like intuitive eating, you know, like if Mm. I wanted that dessert, I ate the dessert and I wasn't really concerned. Um, I think when my life kind of started to spiral, I realized, you know, Yes, like tracking was a way for me to like control, like how I looked, um, what I put in my body and it gave me like the sense of something I was like working towards Mm. because everything else was just not working. And so that was like the one thing I knew I could rely on and like overcoming the disordered eating and like the overexercising was really kind of like a mindset thing more so than just like physically just eating more. Like you had to change your mind and like give up that control in order to overcome that. And I think a lot of people don't realize that all the time either. They're just like, just eat more. Like it's that simple. And it's it's really not. No. Yeah. It is like a logical thing.
1: (laughs) I totally agree. And I think like we can use, like you've used for food. And to be honest with you, when I had my issues with food, it did stem from a relationship as well. And you can mask hurt and actually the stuff that you need to face by trying to band-aid it with different things. And people use all sorts of different things. It doesn't have to be food. It can be like I actually really believe now it can be sometimes like cosmetic procedures. It can be shopping and spending too much money. It can be it can be drugs. It can be partying. It could be drinking alcohol. All of these things can be used as a way to deal with our life, with the things that we don't actually want to face and stand up to. And so just giving up those things isn't like just about going, okay, well, tomorrow I'm going to stop drinking or tomorrow I'm going to stop taking drugs. It's the hard stuff. It's the stuff that's actually really hurtful where we have to internalize and like sit in the uncomfortable, sit in the hurt and face it and actually get through it. From my experience in my own life, all that happens is when you continue to mask things and use external things in your life to deal with the hurt and pain that's inside or the issues in your life is that just compounds, it gets so much worse. And then you end up in a position where it almost feels impossible to let go of this thing that you've attached yourself to becomes a part of your identity and as you would know, probably for you, you know, the fit one or like exercising a lot or like really eating a certain amount, weighing a certain amount, looking a certain way becomes, I mean, it's not your identity, but it feels like it's such a massive part of your identity. And then it's like, okay, well, how do I shift away from this? Who am I when I shift away from this? And that is terrifying. No, I a hundred percent agree because as soon as I did start to recover
0: I attached myself to, like, that identity of, like, oh, I'm the recovering girl who, like, works out but can also eat, and then once I kind of took a step back from that, I was like, okay, but, like, who am I really, because I, I know I'm more than just, like, someone who works out, or, like, I know I'm someone who is, like, more than just, like, tracks their food, like, there's got to be more to me, yeah. and so, that also was kind of like a big moment too, is just realizing like, oh, I have other hobbies and I'm not just like this fitness girl that you see on social media. And so I think, you know, having that be such like an important part of my social media as well as just showing like there are other aspects of me other than just like fitness, I think is also important because you want to show like that balance too, because a lot of people are like, oh, fitness is all or nothing. But then, at the end of the day, it's like you also need to go out and and enjoy yourself, and not just be in that bubble of like working out and tracking your food all the time.
1: (laughs) One hundred percent. You were saying about your identity and figuring out what else you like. Yeah. Okay. Hmm, All right. I have to think about what I'm going to come in here with. (laughs) Okay. All right. That's really interesting because what I think. Um, it's so easy as women to fall into the trying to get fit, trying to look a certain way as our default for a coping mechanism. Because as women in society, a lot of our currency and our value, unfortunately, and I'm not speaking for those that actually truly love you and who you are, but it can be seen as a good thing, right? So when you look a certain way, you get praise. And so when we're in a position where we're really unhappy and maybe the relationship that we're in is really unhealthy, then it kind of feels like a logical move to be like, all right, well, I'm going to work on the way that I look because I know that when I look a certain way, I'm somewhat, you know, quote, unquote, acceptable or I am going to get praise or attention for that. And that feels really good when you feel like, crap you know when you don't feel good about yourself when your life's not going well it's so easy just to fall back into that becoming your focus as opposed to actually sitting back and going hey these relationships that I have in my life are they actually serving me am I deserving of more when you don't believe you're deserving of more you can allow those behaviors you can allow those people in your life and it can almost be something that is reflected back on you and you feeling like you're not good enough or you're deserving of being treated that way. And then that's also how we can go into, you know, a situation where we're punishing ourselves with exercise and really restricting our calories. Um, and it's a really slippery slope. Like it's a, it's not a great place to be. And it comes down to stepping back, dealing with the issue and also knowing there's so much more to you than the way that you look. And we talk about this all the time, but there just is because you're never going to be satisfied when it comes to, you're never going to get full satisfaction and health and happiness from just the way that you look. It needs to come from something much, much deeper than that. So what was it like? Re, it sounds like you went through a period of time where you just like rediscovered yourself.
0: Yeah, it was, I think it was a, a great time because like I said, like in my relationship, It was like very toxic. So he cut me off from essentially everybody in my life. So going back and just like remaking friends again and just like finding out who I was, was like an entire process. And I'm still discovering that too, just like now, because like, as you get older, you still like gain experience and you continue to grow. And I actually did therapy like a couple months ago. And I think that also really helped, you know, release some of like the stored trauma And just, like, negative, like, limiting beliefs that I still had from, like, these relationships. And so, like, going on this journey of, like, self-love and just, like, really understanding, like, who I am. And then I feel like once you do that, everything just kind of falls into place. And then you start surrounding yourself with, like, the people you really want to be around. And like you said earlier, it is a direct reflection of how you view yourself. Because if you don't see yourself in a good light, you're not surrounding yourself with the best people. Mm. Um, And so that's just been, like, a really big catalyst to, like, my growth is just, like, really figuring out, like, who I am and, like, who I authentically, like, want to be. Because I think, too, comparison also comes into play. And you're, like, oh, my gosh, like, I want to look like her. Like, I want to, you know, be a certain way. And you have to remember, like, we're all different and we're all unique. And you have to, like, embrace those parts of you rather than, like, be, like, afraid or, like, full of shame,
1: And just the right people will like support you. Absolutely. And I think like I always, you know, because I fall into this. So funny. I was, (laughs) I was, I'm not even going to tell you who these people were, but I I was listening to a podcast uh, yesterday and these are like really, really famous people. Everyone would know who I'm actually talking about, but I don't want to point them out. Anyway, I started looking at this guy's girlfriend. Cause there was some like drama. I'm not going to delve into it. I don't want to bore you with it. It's actually not boring. It's very juicy, but you know, <laughs> that's for another time. Anyway. So I was looking at this girl and she's like, she's really gorgeous. Right. she's very like beautiful, very, very beautiful um, in society standards. And it hit me for a second when I was like, Oh, and I have these moments where I look at someone and I go, Oh, I'm never going to be that beautiful. And it like, it's, It straight away, it makes me feel crap. And then I have to stop myself and go, well, why do I care? Why do I care? Why is that of such importance? Does that diminish from the impact I'm going to make in my life? Not at all. Does it diminish from the fact that the people around me love me and care for me? Not at all. You know, does it make me less of a person or less valuable? Not at all. All it's going to do is if I allow myself to dwell on that, is to actually shift my focus onto something i can't control which is wanting to look like someone which i'll never be able to look like as opposed to looking at myself and going hey this is what i've been given this is me let's live life you only get one life let's go for it and make the most of it and appreciate that other people you know might have more than you and it might not just be looks it might be money it might be like the perfect partner. It could be anything, you know, but the more that you just shift your focus away from actually living your own life and onto somebody else, you're just wasting it. Like you're just absolutely wasting it and we all do it still. And that's the reason I wanted to share that is that I still do it, but I have then have the choice to choose whether to dwell on that and focus on that or to shift my focus on what I can control And remind myself that I'm so much more than that. And I'm Tash and I'm here to be Tash. Exactly. Um, So
0: back when I was like recovering, I actually worked with a coach. And one of the things she used to say to me, because like at the time I had severe like body dysmorphia. um, She was like, no, your body is the least interesting thing about you. And when you ask people to, like, define you or, like, your personality, like, they never mention your body at all. It's usually, like, other characteristics, like, oh, you're so positive or, like, oh, you bring, like, so much information to the table or, like, your smile is just, like, gorgeous. Like, it's never, like, oh, it's because you weigh X amount or, like, you look a certain way. It's, like, oh, I trust you or you're a loyal friend or all these other things. And that really, like, strung such, like, a – like a light bulb moment in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, she's she's right. Like people really don't care as much as like what your body looks like as much as you think they do.
1: Hello, guys. I am just jumping in here to quickly interrupt this podcast episode just to remind you of the free resource that I do have in the podcast show notes. That is the Macro Table Swap Guide. This is going to show you how to create literally hundreds of well balanced macro meals. All you need to do is click on the link, pop in your email address, and I will send that straight to your inbox. Also remember, I am answering one listener question each week on the podcast and I have the form linked in once again, the podcast show notes, make sure you submit your question and I could be answering your question next week. If you did enjoy this episode, guys, just a reminder, make sure you are subscribed, you're following, leave me a five star review, take a screenshot of this podcast episode and share it onto your stories. It will mean the absolute world to me. All right, let's get back to the episode. 100% and if they do they shouldn't be in your life (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) here's like the harsh reality and this is what I always remind myself of and I try and remind our girls of is that you will never be the best you will never be the best there is always going to be someone better looking than you there's always going to be someone that has a better body whatever that looks like right there's always 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 going to be someone that is better than you So, what is the point of striving and constantly beating yourself up about something that you're never going to achieve? You're always going, if you're going to live in comparison, you're always not going to feel good enough because there's always going to be someone that's better than you. So, why put your energy there? Why not look at yourself and look at what you can control and be the best version of you? And I think. The main reason women don't do that is because they actually don't think there's much else of them that's of value. So if they don't have confidence in who they are as a person, then they go, well, what does society value? Society values the way that I look. Okay, well, I can focus in on that and make that, you know, I'm going to try and look a certain way. But you're never good enough. But if you can let go of all of that and go, do you know what? I'm going to make decisions in my life that serve me because I like myself, because I want to feel fit and healthy and I want to live a long life. And actually, do you know what? I want to look good, but I want to look good in the way that I know I can as an individual, not comparing myself to somebody else. I want to fuel my body adequately so I can actually use my brain and I'm not starving constantly and all that, all that I think about is food, right? I want to be able to excel in my career. I want to be a really great mother one day. I want to be a great girlfriend. I want to be a great student. And all of these decisions that you make will then mean that the habits in your life improve because you have a greater goal than just beating yourself up, sitting there comparing yourself and not feeling good enough. And the funny thing is, is you probably realized, once you let go of that, the rest becomes easy. So achieving whatever it is your aesthetic goal is, that actually becomes much easier when you're not in this hyper-fix fixated state where all you think about is food, all you think about is exercise. Because the habits that you decide to take on and the, the steps that you take towards achieving that are actually not sustainable, number one, and usually not healthy. Yeah, no, I agree.
0: Because um when you're in that restrictive and like over-exercising, that's all your mind thinks about. And when I came out of that, I was like, I could be using like my brain for like so many other things and I could be probably like leveling up in so many other, other areas of my life. But yet I decided to put all my focus and attention into like hitting cardio every day and hitting the gym and tracking my macros to a T. Like I couldn't be one gram over. Like yeah. it just kind of saddens me sometimes that like, that was like a point of my life. Cause like now I'm like, I want to like put myself into like my relationship, my like relationship with my family my sister's. Um, school and just like all these other things that now I can like distribute my energy to and just be an overall better person back when I thought I was you know like fit and like the healthiest version of me which like isn't the case
1: (laughs) no usually quite the opposite hey yeah Yeah. (laughs) so you're clearly really passionate and and the reason we love you is that you know from exactly what you've just explained Your values align so well with GirlFit Method and I just know you are going to make such an incredible impact on the girls that you work with. So a massive, massive welcome. So excited to have you on board. You're so intelligent. You're so sweet. We're just, uh, we're just so keen to have you on board. So big, big welcome. Thank you. Thank you. You're so sweet too. I just, I already love it here so much. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yes. Well, you either, yeah, I think it's really important and Um, you know, as I guess, like the owner of GirlFit Method, it's very important to me that everyone that we bring on aligns with us because that filters down to our girls. And we really want to set a, a value system where everyone's on the same page, because that's how we can make the largest impact we possibly can. So, you know, I really love that. Now, A new segment of the podcast is answering a listener question. And thank you so much, everyone, for sending in your questions. We have been bombarded. There are a lot of questions and I'm so excited to dive into these. It was so difficult just to choose one. But Julie, I want you to help me answer today's question. So let me get up the one that we have chosen. And I am going to try to pronounce this person's name. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry if I pronounce it incorrectly. Okay. So we have Tamara Yazl and her Instagram handle is Tam with lots of Ms. One, two, three, four Ms underscore 14. Thank you so much for your question. We are answering it today. So question. I have been tracking my macros for several months now and I did not lose weight, but now I feel like I'm just maintaining the weight I'm at. I've stopped tracking my macros. Uh, I've stopped tracking my my macros, but now I'm feeling guilty about it because I feel like I'm overeating or not eating enough without tracking my food. The question is, how do I build a better relationship with food and not feel guilty for not tracking my macros? Do you know what's incredible is I chose this question before our conversation today and it's like, you've been through this exactly, Julie. So I'm going to hand it over to you. You know, I actually went through
0: this about a year ago because for the first time, I I I've, I've been tracking macros for like three years. So I was like, you no, know I'm I'm over this. Like, I can't do it anymore. I need a break, and I need to just like learn to listen to my body. And at first, it was really difficult, like you said, like you're like, am I overeating? Am I undereating? Like, how do I know like how much I'm eating if I'm not tracking? But I think because you tracked, you already have that preset knowledge. And then you can kind of make smarter decisions based on that. And then I'm also just very keen on just like listening to your body. So if you're, if you have like normal hunger cues and you're just at a place where like, I just want to maintain, like, honestly, just listen to your body. If you're hungry, you should go and eat. If like you have, because you have that prior knowledge too, you're like, okay, I need to have a protein source. I need a carb source. And I need a fat fat source. And then I always like to check in with myself as well, like when I'm eating. So I'm like, okay, it's been about like 10 minutes. Am I still hungry? Like, do I need food? Am I just like kind of sitting here, just playing with my food? Then clearly that's probably a sign I'm I'm done with it. Um, Because that will also help prevent like the overeating. Cause like, I think a lot of us too are taught, like you have to finish everything on your plate. And that's honestly not the case. So that's just was like my biggest thing was just like checking in with yourself and just really like listening to what your body wants. And if you do that, you won't be overeating. You won't be undereating. eating. So
1: awesome advice. Absolutely. I think it's really hard when you've been tracking macros for a long period of time to actually transition out of that and start intuitive eating because you can kind of feel like you've lost the ability to actually intuitively eat kind of similar to what you mentioned, Julie, when you said when you have started to have disordered eating prior to that, you didn't even think twice about what you ate. And that's essentially intuitive eating, right? When you don't even have any moral judgment about what you're choosing to consume, then you start tracking your food and then everything becomes a number. All the food that you're eating becomes a number and it becomes, oh my goodness, like, have I hit my calories? Have I gone under? Have I gone over? So transitioning out of that can be really, really difficult. And for this uh, listener, look, Tamara, I would just say, be kind to yourself and know it's a process. So if you've stopped tracking your macros, just like you said, Julie, you actually have that knowledge now. So now you know how to put a well-balanced meal together, but you don't want to fall into this trap where you're feeling like everything needs to be perfect. Like each day you need to hit your macros to the T. You need to be hitting your calories to the T. That's not life. Like Life is going to mean some days you're not feeling that hungry, and that's okay. Then the next day you might feel more hungry because you're compensating for the food that you didn't eat the day before. You need to allow yourself to to have a little bit more flexibility and be much kinder to yourself. And even if that means like, you know, I know that for our girls, and we are transitioning them off of tracking onto intuitive eating we do it in a way where we try to sort of slowly ease them into it so whether that's like one day off tracking or they have all of their dinners off tracking so that they kind of ease themselves into it so it's not so overwhelming that's potentially something that you could also look into, um, which might make you feel like you're not having to work it all out on your own to begin with um, and then feeling feeling really bad. But I, I, I do notice that she said the word not guilty. How do I not feel not guilty about tracking food? All of this, I believe, really comes down to mindset. Like you said, Julie, she knows what's in food right now. It's her mind that's playing games on her. Yeah. And
0: you just have to trust yourself too. And also, like you said, give yourself some grace because it will be a little bit hard at first and life's not perfect. Like you said too, because some days our body is not like a machine and we're like daily. Okay. We need the set amount of calories. Like your life looks different every day. So obviously you're going to feel hungrier some days and like less hungry on other days. And that's okay too. It's just as long as you're honoring your body and like what it wants, then you just have to trust yourself at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, 100%. Well said. All right, <laughs> love it. Thank you so much for joining us, Julie. I really appreciate it. And we will have you back on the podcast, I'm sure, very, very soon. Yeah, it was a joy. <laughs> awesome. Thank you.